and welcome to the AK-47 podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey, and I think, finally, after three months of complete and utter silence, I am in a place where I can record a podcast because I have been struggling with some weird residual effects of the COVID virus, which I was sick with in June and took me a while to shake. But today... Rather than finishing the essay, which I should finish, which is Women Workers Struggle for Their Rights, which I promise I will finish in a subsequent episode, I am so lucky to have my daughter with me. Hello. She is here because it is fall break, and she has so kindly and generously, thank you very much, agreed Uh, to be on my podcast again. Once again. Once again. The Uh, fifth time. Uh, I think at least it's like you're running out of content or something. Uh, it, it's sort of like I'm running out of content or something, or I'm just running out of energy because it is not always easy to find the time to do these things when you have like a million other things going on. Yeah. So the reason that I have invited my daughter back on the podcast is because she loves me. It is also because I love you, but it's also because we were talking recently about sexual politics and the hookup culture on college campuses, of which I know nothing other than from the kind of weird perspective of a professor. And of which I admittedly don't know that much. And admittedly, you you don't know that much, but you certainly know much more than I do. Yes. And in a conversation that we were having just a couple days ago, Mm -hmm. I believe we we were talking about Colin Ty's essay on Make Way for Winged Eros. Yes. Right. Because which is, you brought it up. Because I brought it up, because of course. Podcast. Because I brought it up. Because you're a nerd. Because I'm because I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I'm a Colin Ty nerd. There aren't that many people though who no. claim to be Colin Ty nerds. And I would give, I would bet that many of your subscribers are Colin Ty nerds. Are now Colin Ty nerds. Maybe. Anyway, so because I brought up Colin Ty, you had some really interesting things to say. About Why, thank you. I thought they were interesting things. At least they were interesting things to me to say about expectations around female sexuality on college campuses Uh and and the ways in which Colin Ty, writing in 1923, almost 100 years ago, kind of perceived of the kind of society that socialism would bring versus the kind of society that capitalism had. And then there was this sort of intermediary revolutionary period where she talked a lot about the wingless eros, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like kind of like just everybody kind of having sex with everybody, which sort of kind of strikes me as a little bit like what you described going on at college. And so I would really... Yeah, ask a clarifying question. My clarifying question is, my understanding of wingless eros is that it, or my prior understanding is that it is also the kind of love or relationship that is like monogamous marriage type thing. No. So it's not. So what is that? Yeah, so is so that like that's, not eros at all. That's just transactional junk that's happening because capitalism needs the intergenerational transfer of private property from fathers to their legitimate sons. What what Colin Tai is talking about in this article, which I think is really interesting, is she says that during the revolutionary period, so like in the immediate aftermath of 1917, when everything in the world is changing, there are a lot of these very brief liaisons, right, between um, right. people. 
And they're kind of like just like satisfying hookups. their hookups. They're satisfying a desperate physical need. Right. Because people don't have the time or emotional energy to nurture relationships right. and emotional connections because the revolution is happening and all of their energies are being funneled towards this incredibly valuable revolutionary work. But also because like there's all this upheaval happening and it's really hard when everything is kind of up in the air to figure anything out about what you want to do in the long term because you don't know what the long term is going to look like. So you have these brief connections with people. Okay. And then she says, but in a socialist society, these connections will mature, right? So that you have, rather than these just sort of like purely physical things, you will have comradely loves, which doesn't have to be monogamous, but they can be multiple, but they'll be based on like true attention and affection and attraction. And you're looking at me very skeptically. I have, okay, so maybe this is pedantic. You can be as pedantic as you want. It seems like there's absolutely no reason to call brief hookups versus meaningful relationships, wingless versus winged arrows. Because as far as I understand, and again, you're that Kolontai nerd, not me. <laughs> okay. But I feel like Kolontai would say wingless arrows is the kind of arrows, is the kind of love that you're not free to leave at any time. Mm-hmm. Because a wingless being, like, trapped in many ways. Ah. Unable to leave. Mm-hmm. Whereas winged arrows, part of the freedom and joy that comes out of these kinds of relationships is about being able to leave whenever you want and being independent and winged in a way. And like, because the thing is that the distinction otherwise makes no sense to me. And maybe like, I mean, maybe Colin Ty just had a bad way of naming things. She did. I mean, she was thinking about Eros as the Cupid, yeah, right? Of, of classical exactly. antiquity. Exactly. And, 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 you know, winged Eros was like the full instantiation of the passion, whereas the wingless one was kind of like a furtive, you know, underground one. And I think what but she was why? trying to do, because she was very defensive about the fact that people, like her idea of free love was supposed to be bringing people greater amounts of joy right. and greater fulfillment. And unfortunately, the kind of like random hookup culture that existed in the revolution, right. in the absence of birth control, obviously, and abortion, meant that like people were um, having these liaisons and then they ended in pregnancy and it was like awful for the people who were pregnant. And so she was just saying that this kind of winged eros took a more stable society. You had to have more social security okay. to, to experience true love. But when the society was cruel and brutal and unstable, our love would be cruel and brutal and unstable. And you're laughing at me. So maybe this you're, is... Uh, well, no, because I know that you're obviously leading into like a discussion of modern society in this day and age. Well, I'm just wondering if it's relevant at all. Because that's my job. I, mean, I don't know. The thing you is, said like, something the other day okay. that was about how Kalantai would be way more open-minded. Well, because based on what I know about Kalantai, like, yeah, I mean, the way that you're framing this discussion now, sure, the obvious conclusion that can be drawn, the most clear-cut thing to say is like, well, you know, our unstable capitalist society and, like, all of the stress that goes into modern gig economy capitalism, et cetera, et cetera, is causing people to have meaningless and unfulfilling and also disappointing sexual relationships with others. Okay. And you don't think that's true? And um, if they're meaningless, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're disappointing or unfulfilling. Ah, okay. Could you talk about that distinction? Because I think that, like, 
people, it's possible to have a relationship that's purely physical mm-hmm. or that satisfies the sexual. And this is where I think Colin Ty would agree with me. Okay. Is that the whole point of comradely love when I first heard about it from in high school from you on this podcast, through <laughs> this podcast, when I first heard about Colin Ty's version of comradely love, I internalized it as a form of like, you don't need to have the same person fulfilling all of your needs, which is fair. Right. And what it like, what that t- what I took that to mean was like you can have someone who's your emotional support, you can have somebody who is a romantic support, and you can have somebody who's a sexual support, and you can have somebody who's whatever other kind of support, spiritual, spiritual or aesthetic, like somebody you just like like because they're beautiful. You like spending, I mean, I don't know, you really spend time with them because they're like gorgeous and like you like dressing up with them or whatever. I don't know, but like to me, it doesn't seem inconsistent to say that you could have relationships that are purely sexual or physical that have nothing else to do. Or like, you know, people you go to only go to the gym with. Like, I don't know. It doesn't have to be sexual. You can be physical without being sexual. But how is that different like, from friends, right? Because Or because, is it the same? Well, I don't know. It doesn't really... I mean, I don't know if it really matters. But you can certainly have friends who you're not sexual at all with. Right. But how and is your that... Friendship, and friendship isn't necessarily physical either. You can be friends with someone who you've never... I mean, there are plenty of people who have friends through the internet that they've never seen their faces before. Right. And that there's a, still a friendship that's completely, like, the least physical possible thing ever. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that they don't have a friendship. So it's like, I take Kolontai to believe, to mean that you can have any individual relationship with different people and be cut and, like, under communism in a or in a just sort of established like a good just as in like justice right <laughs> system of social interaction then you don't have to be committed to one or a very few selection of people to maintain all of those needs you can have a very wide variety of those people whether or not that's convincing given the practicalities of like life and especially college life is, I think, a little bit ambiguous. Like, I don't know if I agree with Kolontai at this point. Right. And so that's what I want to ask you is how does sort of contemporary college life, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I see every day Mm because I'm in the classroom with college students, but I have no idea about what's happening outside of the classroom. How does that mitigate against this kind of more capacious understanding of human relationships where you have multiple people who are fulfilling different needs in your life. Is it that you just don't have the time to nurture that many relationships? Or is it that the nature of relationships in college is more transactional or more transient because you know that you're all going to graduate and then you don't want to really kind of like put too much effort into maintaining relationships with people that you're not going to see? I don't think that that's nice. I don't think that's the case, that last point, because I think at least from my in my experience at college, people are sort of going into it like, I mean, there are plenty of sort of acquaintances mm-hmm. and, and light friendships that are like, yeah, I want to be civil with this person so that it's not like bad when we graduate or whatever. Like we don't have bad blood ever, but I don't really care about what they think about me in the long term. But most people, most of my friends, the people that I talk to about these kinds of things, like we genuinely want to be in contact when we're like 10 15 20 years post-grad whether or not we will is unclear obviously right but but like I think that people want people want to form long-term relationships especially because the way that we talk about college and the, the sort of social perception is that if you let like it's a 
it's a good thing to have college friends mm-hmm. to maintain connections. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like, even if it doesn't have anything to do with like your career, like alumni connections or whatever. Like it's just nice to have friends from college who've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think also like people approach these kinds of relationships. And again, this is very based on my own experience. Of course. Everything is always based always. on our own experiences. But, yeah. But I think harsh part of it is also sort of a defense mechanism because nowadays in contrast to the last you know however many years i think this started a little bit ago in the last 10 10 or so years people are not dating as consistently as people aren't as consistently like going steady with someone or like in a relationship as they used to be Mm -hmm. and having sort of comradely love in a certain way that is based around like having good friends who support you emotionally is a way of coping with the fact that you're probably not going to be in a relationship for most of college. And so if you approach, if you approach, like, if you think that like somebody knowing you deeply or like a person who like, like having people who are really committed to you as a person, no matter what you do, who know you and like, no matter, you know, like, who know you and sort of unconditionally love you in some ways, if you approach that as something that isn't only achievable through romantic relationships, then you're probably going to be a lot happier, given that a lot of people aren't really looking for that or are much more picky now in college about who they want to date and who they want to seriously date than they used to be. Why do you think that is? Partially because of feminism, I think. So it's women who are more picky. Well... I think maybe it started with women becoming more picky because women's language towards each other about like whether or not you can, because I think once, once the sexual liberation happened, sexual revolution happened where women could start having sex with men who they weren't dating. And that was more or less okay. According to other women, then they were like, well, why should I date someone? If the only reason I'm dating them is to have sex, if I can get sex some other way, then why would I need to be like committed to someone who I'm going to have to end up babysitting because they're like emotionally fragile, like college boy. You know? Right. And so this started changing. And then men were like, hey, this is great. I can have sex without the commitment of being a boyfriend. So it kind of like became just a norm that sort of benefited certain groups within both men and women. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is reductive because it's like just of men course, and women. Yeah, yeah. It's just heterosexual men and women and whatever. So it ends up benefiting both men and women in some ways. And then it just becomes a norm. And the people who aren't benefited by it just kind of have to deal with the fact that it's a norm now. That's, I mean, that's my perception of how things have gone because it's other, that's the only explanation for why things would have changed so much and why people are still unhappy with it. Yeah. So I've always had this theory, which I've talked about in many of my classes over the years, that the college hookup culture is a way of training highly educated, hardworking young people to not have families until their 30s so that capitalists can exploit the hell out of them in their 20s when they're trying to sort of establish their careers. And so what ends up happening is that, you know, when women get to their late 20s or early 30s or whatever, and they start thinking about settling down and having a family, then employers can just sort of eject half of the workforce. I don't know. Like it, 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 I, is, it does seem to serve the interest of capital to have young people yes. who are unattached to each other so that they can take jobs where all their energies and tensions go into their jobs and not into mm. their relationships. 
all of their energies and attentions are at the beck and call of their employers and not to their romantic partners. That's useful. I mean, okay. I, Maybe that's like, I think that theme. that's probably true. But the way that you've, I mean, I've heard, we obviously I've heard you say things like this before, right. not necessarily this argument, but like these kinds of like big structural capitalist whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you just don't think it's true. No, 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 no. That's not what I, I do think it's probably true. I think that it does definitely help the corporate world to have women not that committed to their relationships until their 30s. Mm. I think that's very fair because that those 10 years after you graduate college are like your most mentally active and energetic years of your life. So you can sell your soul to a corporation and like you'll still have more left over at that point. But I think that it's absolutely ludicrous to suggest that this was at all the goal or or the the reason why hookup culture and these kinds of things became popular in the first place. I just think that it's a very convenient side effect. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is putting too much faith in the capitalist system being like not completely manipulative and running the whole world. But like, I really don't think that there's anybody who was like, you know what we should do? <laughs> we should make it so that women and men have free sex with each other and meaningless relationships because then they'll have emotional and mental energy to dedicate to their labor like seriously okay on that note i think we need to stop this episode and we'll start another episode after this one and follow up on that because i actually have some very provocative questions i'm so excited that my daughter is home from college thank you for being home and I'm so excited that she agreed to be on my show that I want to do this for a whole nother episode. So I am going to post a part two to this conversation. So if you're really curious whether or not the capitalists have created hookup culture in order to further the exploitation of 20-year-olds, stay tuned to part two of the bonus episode of AK-47 with Kristen Godsey and her illustrious daughter Woo! <laughs> as always keep up the good fight